Hello everyone. It is the 25th of February and Russian troops are advancing on the capital of Ukraine. I'm joined today by Jaime Aguilo, Chief Investment Officer of Arcatas, to consider the implications of this invasion for financial markets. Jaime, the move by Russia has been fairly well telegraphed in terms of the massive build-up of troops on Ukrainian borders. Markets will typically discount their concerns about future events. Has this partly been the cause of market weakness, do you think, in the last few months? So certainly not. At the beginning of this year, the main factor that impacted negatively the markets was the significant change in the policy stance from the Fed, which clearly indicated that there will be a much swift change in their policy by increasing rates and removing quantitative easing. So that was the main driver for the markets. There was a bit of a recovery before all these uh, tensions with Ukraine uh, started. Uh, for example, in European markets, after being down almost 7-8%, there was a rebound and we were just down by 2%. And then this new phase uh, started again. That's much more recent. Yes, indeed. And reactions were fairly sharp in some markets yesterday as the news was announced. Yes, I mean, I think there was still, from a market perspective, and participants' perspective, there was an expectation that maybe diplomacy could certainly play a role. Uh, I think the probability of full invasion was relatively low, uh, and it was really the worst-case scenario. So what happened was really the worst-case scenario, which was, again, unfolded in the last uh, couple of days. And this is why the market was surprised by, by, this, uh, by this event. Yes, they certainly were. And we're not attempting to predict the precise outcome of these events, but could you, in the broadest terms, describe possible repercussions, starting with energy prices? Now, I think in terms of repercussions, there's one key element. There's still an uncertainty is how long this will last. Our view is that it is likely to be short. And there's a massive difference, a massive gap between the, the capabilities of uh, the Russian and the Ukrainians. And therefore, we'd expect this to be short. And combined with that, the duration of the sanctions is something that is, uh, is, is of course, a uncertainty. For the moment, we can imagine that this conflict will remain localized, that there will be hopefully no confrontation with NATO, because that will, of course, be much more, much more significant. So the impact on the energy prices, again, we see it already is, of course, very significant in terms of oil and natural gas also in, in some commodities. Uh, this impact, for as long as it lasts, will be significant, but it could open a metric for a, a reduction in these tensions if there is um, some sort of de-escalation or depending on what is the, the final outcome. Uh, but the length of the crisis is pretty the most key determinant of how much impact this will have uh, over term. And looking a little further out, is this likely to, to impact more generally on forecasts for growth and indeed inflation? Yes, well, definitely. And this is particularly the case for Europe, not less so for other regions, in particular the US. Because clearly, as, as we know, it's very clearly communicated that Europe is very dependent on energy levers from Russia. And therefore, the highest price the make an impact in terms of uh, not only, of course, inflation, but also the cost to consumers. And that will have an impact on uh, European GDP. But again, it's all a question of the length of conflict. If the conflict will last longer, some estimates that in, uh, putting up close to even 1% of G European GDP, which is high. One of the things to point out here in this aspect is that this crisis is coming in a period with economies are anyway quite strong. Balance sheets of individuals are very, very healthy. 
So that's at least a silver lining in the fact that we are in a uh, relatively strong uh, market economy growth, and therefore we can maybe stomach more of this uh, impact. And inflation? Well, inflation is very tricky. Uh, Stuck with the Fed, I think, you know, clearly the Fed uh, mandate is very clear, is uh, full of problem and inflation. Inflation is clearly out of control in the US. So I think the Fed, even though, of course, uh, they will not want to impact growth, but that's anyway the case. I think the Fed will might not change material the, the, the path of uh, normalization of monetary policy. So from that perspective, I, I think uh, that's not going to change too much. And we've seen that in terms of interest rates in the US, the impact has been relatively muted compared to what could have happened in other uh, crises uh, that are similar to this one. In Europe, of course, there is a, a much more complex uh, situation for the ECB because clearly the inflation impact of these uh, increasing energy prices is going to be material if it lasts. And the ECB was already starting uh, to prepare the market for a change in stance, not only in QE, but also in interest rates uh, rising, which we thought could happen uh, at the back end of this year. So maybe the ECB will take a little bit more time to change the monetary policy. But again, uh, I'll come back to the example before. It depends on the length of this, uh, this crisis. But in the meantime, the markets will be reassured to think that central banks, particularly the Fed, are unlikely to move from their predicted pattern of interest rate rises for this year. And what changes have we made to our tactical asset allocation in response to Russia's move? So just as a reminder, of course, our tactical asset allocation stance is really designed to match a defined uh, macro environment and a monetary policy environment. In that sense, our view was that now, we still had a relatively decent growth uh, across most regions. So we had a relatively positive stance on equities, not too high because valuations are you know, quite uh, tense, less so now. High inflation, tightening monetary policy, and therefore, you know, in face of this slightly more uh, constructive position in equities, uh, a more negative view on bonds, so underweight duration, underweight credits. The impact of this um, kind of, of course, is negative for growth, but as, as I mentioned before, we expect it to be relatively short-lived. So I think the impact is going to be mainly in Europe in terms of growth and earnings. So our view on European uh, is not positive anymore. So it's, 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 it's not the preferred market for us to, currently. Uh, but again, coming back to the point of before, it depends on the length of this situation. So we had an underweight position in bonds, which we have changed for the moment, because we expect yields to continue to move up. There's only one area we have reduced a little bit our position uh, most recently is in emerging debt. Uh, in emerging debt, of course, includes in, in uh, to some extent also um, Russian and Ukrainian debt, which of course have been uh, massively impacted by this crisis. We think it can remain uh, in a negative situation for some time. So this is where we have reduced our position in terms of uh, emerging debt. What is clear is that we will be in the face of high volatility like in, in, in most conflicts that we have seen in, in the past. Um, and we've seen even today quite a strong rebounding number of markets. Uh, but again, here, coming back to the points of before, we will reassess, of course, our uh, TA stance, uh, depending on the length of the conflict, and particularly on the impact it can have on the um, European growth and inflation. And we will certainly be looking to update as and when necessary. In the meantime, though, Jaime, thank you very much indeed. Thank you.